Chapter 3, Vanguard Groups and Spiritual Warriors of the First Wave I observed that they were also among the noble and great ones who were chosen in the beginning to be rulers in the Church of God. Even before they were born, they, with many others, received their first lessons in the world of spirits, and were prepared to come forth in the due time of the Lord to labor in his vineyard for the salvation of the souls of men. Doctrine and Covenants 138, 55-56 How do we identify the Lord's gatherers of the tip of the spear? What is it that sets them apart? Are they not those who, while yet in the flesh, have been tested and tried like Abraham many times? Are they not those who have been pulverized and crushed by life, circumstances, and people? We should have been able to trust them onto the dust of the earth so that they could learn to do away entirely with the common ego, set aside the arm of flesh, to know him and to rely upon him for everything and anything. These front runners are they that were born with the knowing. The knowing is the vestiges and remnants of inklings that are very small portion of the remnant of Jacob were able to carry with them through the birthing veil. Just imagine microscopic-sized embryo that begins to grow and takes on more detailed shape every time a concept is presented to them. This causes the resonance to begin to vibrate deep within them. This resonance is a literal vibration that is so much in harmony with the Lord Jesus Christ that it stirs the soul into remembrance of him and his work and puts the mind in position to receive further light and knowledge from the Holy Spirit of truth. We, the spiritual warriors of the tip of the spear, who will also become the end-time servants of Jesus Christ, began this particular aspect of our journey with that resonance that we began to detect from the earliest moments of our youth. Over time, these vibrations are more easily recognized, and the resonance becomes a good friend to us as it increasingly becomes like a little electrical vibrating alarm inside our spiritual being, awakening us with a remembrance of vital portions of the specific missions that we took upon ourselves before we were born. Some mistakenly believe that these four ordinations deal only with the missions of the last days. While we can't argue with this logic, the greater more hidden meanings beyond or behind these priesthood ordinations from the first estate also have to do with what we will become. Yes, specific missions are vital to the work of the Lord, but could we ever overemphasize the importance of our individual four ordinations in the process of becoming everything that our Father created us to be, which will one day lead us to reach our full potential? There are multiple scriptural passages that beautifully describe the reality of this doctrine of foreordination. One excellent group of verses that applies to this vanguard group is Doctrine and Covenants 138.53-56. These verses say, The prophet Joseph Smith and my father Hiram Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, Wilfred Woodruff, and other choice spirits who were reserved to come forth in the fullness of time to take part in laying the foundations of the great Latter-day work including the building of the temples and the performance of ordinances therein for the redemption of the dead, were also in the spirit world. I observed that they were among the noble and great ones who were chosen in the beginning to be rulers in the church of God. Even before they were born, they, with many others, received their first lessons in the world of spirits and were prepared to come forth in the due time of the Lord to labor in his vineyard for the salvation of souls of men. Another scripture that applies well comes from Alma chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. These verses say in part, quote, And this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God, on account of their exceeding faith and good works, 
are called with a holy calling, yea, with a holy calling which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such, and ordained unto the high priesthood of the holy order of God to teach his commandments unto the children of men, that they also might enter into his rest, this high priesthood being after the order of the Son, which order was from the foundation of the world, or in other words, being without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity according to his foreknowledge of all things. End quote. Preserved daily by the unseen ministering angels of God, we have been learning to bear with dignity and even go unaffected by the smearing, backsided, mocking, and misconstrued judgments of both the self-righteous and the unrighteous. May God bless their souls as these things from the past all had and continue to have great purpose in him in and in the eternities. In the interim, we come to him in humility and say, Father, please have compassion and mercy upon us. For we are just now finally coming to realize more fully that all along the way, there was a lengthy list of valuables that we could not and would not have learned in any other way, and for this we thank thee. Along the way, we have been learning that through his grace, the newly reconstructed life will be better, greater, and infinitely more blessed than anything we have previously conceived. A marvelous example of heavenly parenting is presented to us in chapter 7 of 1 Nephi. But it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, according to my faith which is in thee, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren? Yea, even give me strength that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. And it came to pass that when I had said these words, behold, my bands were loosed from off my hands and feet, and I stood before my brethren, and I spake unto them again. Could the Lord have sent angels to save Nephi? Yes. Could the Lord have stricken the rebels to the ground and made them motionless? Yes. There is a long list of things that the Lord could have done, but the magic of his heavenly parenting is to enable his little children to accomplish the very thing themselves thought of, utilizing the very remedy that that particular child of light requested of him, rather than performing one of a hundred different miracles that possibly could have been performed for them. The Lord did not cut the bands from Nephi in an impromptu fashion. He waited until Nephi asked in faith for a specific blessing. Then he loosened the cords that bound him. The Lord may not always answer our prayers and strengthen us the way we expect, but he always strengthens us in the best way. This is but one small example of how the future spiritual warriors of the first wave will be taught and granted the strength with which to perform countless great and marvelous works in the tumultuous last days. Through prudent and wise heavenly parenting combined with some personal pr practice, we learn over time that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There have been glimpses for me wherein I have seen myself kneeling with my heavenly parents in the first estate. I vehemently insist that these heavenly parenting method was with me once I came to earth because I was willing to sacrifice anything. This heavenly parenting method was my takeaway, as I will refer to it from here on out. With even a little prosperity, a small amount of intelligence, a tiny bit of accomplishment, or a fraction of formal education, the self-sabotaging ego begins to creep in and distract us from the things of an eternal magnitude, which are the unseen things that far exceed in value the tangible things around us. I believe it was Elder Boyd K. Packer who said that the things that keep us from attaining true power in the priesthood are first preoccupation with the things of the world, and second, the diversion of the honors of men. In a sacred revelation given to Emma Smith shortly after the church was organized, she was being called upon to select hymns and support her husband in the colossal ministry. 
In Doctrine and Covenants chapter 25, the Lord gives Emma an unforgettable admonition. And verily I say unto thee, that thou shalt lay aside the things of this world, and seek for the things of a better. This serious dose of heavenly parenting goes hand in hand with the epistle of the Lord through the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3, 1-2. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If we love our own little children dearly, do we not both consciously and subconsciously practice the art of the takeaway with them? Thank God for the takeaway of heavenly parenting that keeps us focused on the things that truly matter the most. The members of this vanguard company are they who, through their sufferings and refinements in Christ, learn to live by the creed set forth in Doctrine and Covenants 101, 35-37. And all they who suffer persecution for my name and endure in faith, though they are called to lay down their lives for my sake, yet shall they partake of all this glory. Wherefore, fear not even unto death, for in this world your joy is not full, but in me your joy is full. Therefore care not for the body, neither for the life of the body, but care for the soul and for the life of the soul. For some of us, for the sake of fulfilling the longings of our hearts, we have been shown by both day and night time dreams or visions that we would one day stand in total comfort and with the utmost confidence in the heroes of our youth whom we know are the true disciples of Jesus Christ, who through countless trials, incomprehensible sacrifices, and boundless faith in Jesus, had literally overcome the world, and in many cases given their lives freely for the glorious cause of Christ. With them we will stand with our heads held high in the knowledge that we too have overcome the natural man. We have learned and continue to learn through our own strife and sufferings how to be rejuvenated daily from the inside out. Remember the comforting and encouraging message portrayed in 2 Corinthians 4, 15-16. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Time is so terribly short. We are now entering the mouth of the great vortex. It is as if even the physics of time itself are evolving. The great destruction that shortly must come upon the world marks the formal ending of the day of the Gentiles and the beginning of the great day of Israel, in fulfillment of all the prophecies that pertain to the dispensation of the fullness of times. There are hundreds of false prophets, but the Antichrist, about which so much has been written, is among us now, alive and well, preparing himself for the final onslaught. Even he knows that the time is short. Do you honestly believe that it is only the saints of the Most High that are now hastening the work? Can we expect to best prepare for the gravity of spiritual warfare of this ultra-high level in our own naivete? Of course not. It is time now to expand your envisioning and your overarching awareness. It was never for us to shrink in fear, but to stand ever firmer in the knowledge of that. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Moreover, let's remind ourselves of Alma 26.12, in which it says, Yea, I know that I am nothing, as to my strength I am weak. Therefore I will not boast of myself, but I will boast of my God, for in his strength I can do all things. Additionally, let's read from 1 Nephi 17.3. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them, and strengthen them, and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. To further emphasize this point, let's read from Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, 
I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. There is absolutely no reason for us to fear man, for the Lord will always provide us with what we need in order to defeat the evil that we know will be demolished completely at the last great day. But in order for us to take full advantage of that assistance, we must first pull, put our full trust in the Lord and supplement that trust with the utmost obedience to him.